Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me on the Aligned Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Nicole McClellan. I'm a leadership coach and entrepreneur. I founded the Omark Project organization, and I've written the Amazon bestselling book, I Did Something Different, and it worked. My transition from full-time secondary school teacher to entrepreneur has gifted me the opportunity to speak on many subjects. This podcast is going to be a place to create connection, get aligned with our purpose, and have those deeper conversations. I'll be talking all about aligning with our true purpose in life, business, and education, as well as yoga, wellness, and our mindsets. Tune in weekly for different talks, interviews, and guided meditations, all found here on the Aligned Purpose podcast, or as we can nickname it, the app. Now, let's dive right in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to episode two of the Aligned Purpose podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Kayla Pilecki, who is the founder of The Money Edit. And I'm really happy to have Kayla on the episode today. She has so much wisdom and knowledge to share with everyone listening about money. And I think that there's going to be a lot that we can take away from what she has to say. For those of you that are listening, just a quick little format of how we're going to be having this conversation today so you know. Uh, I'm going to start off by introducing Kayla. She's going to share some of her story around money. We're going to do a Q&A. She's going to give you three action steps that you can take away after this conversation about your money and then also where you can find her and what her offerings are. So with all of that, uh, let's get started. So hi, Kayla. Hi, Nicole. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on the talk today and really looking forward to hearing everything that you have to say. (laughs) And so, Kayla, on the Aligned Purpose podcast, the first thing that I want to know from those that I'm interviewing is this question of what do you believe is your purpose in life right now? And do you feel in alignment with that purpose? Mm, Such a good question. Um, I would say over the last couple of years, my purpose in life has become even more clear to me. Um, and as of right now, it is to support women in creating the best possible version of their lives by helping them reach their personal and money goals. Mm, amazing. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> Thank you. That's a pretty good purpose to have. Yeah, do what I can. Yeah. And you're feeling in alignment with that right now? I do. I feel like that comes right from my heart and I couldn't make that up if I wanted to. Mm, okay. Well, you've you found your purpose and you're working with it. So we can all at least learn from that. <laughs> <laughs> so for everyone who's listening, uh, this is Kayla Pilecki and she's the founder of The Money Edit. We're going to talk a bit more about that later, but I will... Uh, suggest I do suggest that you head on over after this conversation and check it out the moneyedit.org. Kayla has worked in fund development for the past 12 years or I guess I should say the first 12 years of her career and then has recently switched into her coaching career. Kayla is a certified executive coach and she's also a dog mom to Bobo. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Bobo is living his best life with you isn't he? Yes, he is. And he doesn't have to worry about money. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. But we <laughs> none of us have to worry about money after talking with you, right? Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, great. So Kayla, maybe do you want to share a little bit about yourself, share your story, how you came to be a lover of money and yeah, how it has evolved over your, over your adulthood, I suppose. Yeah, um, I would love to. So I guess it starts, I mean, of course, everybody's money story starts right away and their family influences and all that kind of stuff. But my personal money journey, when I kind of woke up and decided, okay, I can do something about this and I want to learn how, um, was when in 2014, um, I looked at my debt. I had $14,000 of debt. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was a student loan that was kind of, you know, living while you're a student, yeah. um, line of credit and some credit card debt. And I really wanted to be done with stressing out every month about debt payments. Um, so I was hell bent on learning how to pay it off. And I made a goal for myself. I didn't really know anything about money at that time. And I didn't know what the future could possibly even look like. But I made a goal to pay off all my debt in six months. So it was over $2,000 a month. And I was single at the time earning like $65,000 or something like that a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so $2,500 a month on debt is a lot when you're paying rent and when you're living, you know, you don't know if you can really afford the coffee every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I was trying to figure it out, decided, okay, I'm just going to pedal to the metal and get rid of this. It was really hard, but I stuck to my goal. I told everybody I knew paying off my student loan. Do not ask me to go out. I ate oatmeal every morning for breakfast. I painted houses, babysat my neighbor's kids, did every single thing I needed to do to get the money monthly to pay it back. And then once that happened, and it was really hard, and Mm -hmm. if I could do it again, I probably wouldn't do it that way. But once that happened, I was like, oh, if I were working for saving that money, I would have $14,000 in the bank instead of giving it back to the bank. So that kind of woke me up to what could be possible with maybe saving a down payment to buy a condo. And I just started reading and learning as much as I could about money from there. Um, And then we decided to buy a condo in North Van in 2016. We moved in, but we bought it pre-sale in 2015. And then we, we, rented that out and moved to Victoria and bought a house here in Victoria. Um, And then through all of my money research and um, understanding how interest rates and mortgages work and everything, um, we decided to hold the condo, rent that out, have our house, start an Airbnb in the house. And um, yeah, and then that was also a huge learning about, about money. So from the beginning of when I decided this is my mission to figure it out on my own to now, um, I've been learning so much and I still continue to learn so much about money all the time. Amazing. I love that you were just so relentless in Mm. this process, you know, and that's, I think really sometimes what it takes is just figuring out a way and sticking to it. And it's not always going to be fun and enjoyable, but Mm -hmm. then you did get that that feeling of, oh, what would this be like if it was mine instead of giving it away? Yeah. And it created that possibility for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I knew um, I had a story to share that could 
open up worlds to other people who also want to pay off their debt and maybe aren't as interested in learning all the details around different things about money. Like when I started learning about it, I was like, okay, I love money. I'm passionate about this. I'm going to make this thing um, work for me and I'm going to figure out all the details around it. But maybe people don't want to know every single thing about money. So I thought, okay, I can share my story and share everything that I'm learning in a way um, that can help people become debt free and live the life that they want to live. Great. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be really helpful to just have that backstory of you as we head into this Q and a, because a lot of this um, I'm sure conversation dialogue is going to be experiential for you. It's Mm -hmm. part of like what you've lived and learned. So why don't we just get right into it? Mm -hmm. The first question is, can you explain the difference for people listening between what is a financial advisor and what is coaching? Because you do a lot of money coaching and they're quite different, are they not? Yes. Thank you so much for asking that. So a financial advisor is someone that you would go to uh, with your assets, like your money that you want to invest, and they would give you advice and sell you a product that you can then invest in, like a mutual fund or um, a GIC, a guaranteed in, you know, I don't know even what a GIC is. Mm-hmm. A guaranteed, obviously I don't use them, guaranteed investment, something or other. Mm-hmm. Um, see, this is why I'm not a financial advisor. Um, so they will sell you a product, you'll invest in it, they take a cut of it, and they kind of take care of your portfolio. And then they can also do like when we're down the line, when you're you know, you have lots of money to invest and you are serious about a financial plan, they can help you with tax planning, estate planning, all that kind of technical stuff and understanding the rules um, around adulting and money. In terms of money coaching, what I do is I work with people on what they want for their life and making a decision for themselves on what they want to do with their money. Yes, I know basics about interest rates and I've invested in a few properties and I have experience, but most of the time what I talk about with people when we do money coaching is what do they want their life to look like and how can we create the plan that's going to get them there? Mm, I love that. Very forward thinking. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. The next question is, is there any sort of formula with percentages of that people can use. So for example, you get your paycheck. Is there a percentage that should go towards saving a percentage going towards paying off your debt? And then a percentage that you're living off of, is there any sort of set formula or what is your advice on this? Mm -hmm. That's also a really good question. And one that I hear quite often. Um, And I take a coach approach to this question, which is, I ask, what exactly are we dealing with? So how much debt do you have? How much money do you have in savings? Uh, What do you want to do with it next? Like buy a condo or whatever. And help people think through a plan around um, their goals. So let's say in a perfect world, you had no debt, you wanted to be saving money, and you wanted to be living a great life and enjoying the money that you do spend. Um, You would still have to look at what your goals are and how you're going to get there. 
So if you save 50% of your money and spend 50% of it, what are you going to do with the 50% that you're saving? Are you investing it in something? Are you buying a house? Are you, you know, furnishing the house eventually? Are you going on vacation? And then what Mm -hmm. part of that is spending? And how can you do that in a way that works for you so that you feel good about it? Okay, great. I love that. What do you have to say about guilt around spending money? So a question that uh, somebody has asked me to ask you is, you know, they, they get their money and then mm-hmm. there's some guilt around spending their money or what they spend their money on. Hmm. Yeah, guilt is a funny one um, because it is a learned behavior. So when you're organized with your money, let's say you know how much debt you have, you know how much money is coming in, how much is going out, and you know what you can spend, um, then it's a little bit more intentional around, you know, where you're putting your money. And then the guilt kind of like once you name it and, and have a plan, it kind of disappears, Mm-hmm. Um, I have an amazing client right now that I'm working with who told me, um, she does her, what I would boringly call a cash flow projection every month. Mm-hmm. So every month she writes <laughs> out on the day, like she's going to get paid on the first of the month and the 15th that we know that. So she puts that in, in a whole list. And then she needs to pay this bill on the third and this bill on the 14th. And the, like these five bills on the 17th, 18th, 19th. Um, And then she gets a payment from her second job on the 31st or something. Okay. So she writes that out and then she sends it to me for accountability and that's working really well. And then she sent it to me last month and called it her abundance forecast. Oh, I know. Instead of having a cash flow projection, which sounds horrible or, you know, living by a budget, she has an abundance forecast where she knows all the money that's coming in, all the money that's going out and how much she has left over to play with for debt and for um, like achieving goals around her, her saving and her spending and her investing. Hmm. Okay. It's, I know. And it's like mindset. I love that, that approach. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Next question. What is the best advice that you've ever been given about money? Okay. I have two that come to mind. Um, my grandparents always say that money always shows up when you need it. Mm, so worrying about things is kind of pointless. You need to do your best. Like don't be ridiculous and money will show up even if you are ridiculous. And as I look back on life, money has always shown up when I needed it. Um, one piece of advice that totally changed my life around money is I used to read Mr. Money Mustache's blog. Um, it's just mrmoneymustache.com. Mm-hmm. And this was back in 2014 when I was figuring out how to pay off my debt. And while he has a different mindset than I would have now that I know a little bit more and I'm, I know my own money style, um, he says, your debt is the equivalent of your hair being on fire. So <laughs> if you have debt, you have to treat it like your hair is on fire. Obviously, you need to put the fire out immediately and do it as fast as you can. So 
when I have the image of having debt in my <laughs> mind, I have the image of someone's hair being on fire. Usually it's not me. It's like a cartoon in my head. Um, and I need to put that fire out. Mm-hmm. So he kind of helped me take on this relentless mindset around not carrying consumer debt. And I'm applying that to my mortgage right now, which is really exciting um, because, you know, money nerds get excited about paying off their mortgages. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's me. Um, <laughs> but he saying money is like say, oh, sorry, saying debt is like your hair being on fire was very visual for me. Okay. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I will hold that one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that le- lends itself into my next question of, do you have any bloggers, podcasters, or authors that have really resonated for you that you'd recommend around money? Yeah, for sure. So Jen Sincero's book, You're a Badass at Making Money, is an excellent money mindset book. And I got it when it came out, and I think I've read it eight times. And I just have it on Audible. And I listen to it whenever I need a boost on my money mindset. Um, I get a lot of questions about investing, actually. Mm. And while technical investing questions is something that a financial advisor can maybe help with, I'm a personal believer that no one cares about your money as much as you do. Mm -hmm. And no one cares about your fate as much as you do. So if this is something that you're interested in learning about, It is absolutely possible for you to understand money and different vehicles of having money in the bank and different ways to invest. So there's two books that I would recommend around that. Um, One is Canadian. It's by Larry Bates and it's called Beat the Bank. And that is about, um, it's about long-term investing through ETFs. Okay. Essentially, exchange traded funds. So that's basically um, a, a group of different companies from whatever stock market you're buying it from um, that you can invest in in the group. And because it's uh, automated or it's you like they use algorithms, the um, the money it costs to actually run that fund is quite low. So you get to benefit from more return. So. I am a fan of ETFs. I learned a lot about it from Larry Bates. He also has a great blog and his book is called Beat the Bank. Okay. And then if you're really into value investing, which means you pick a company, you research tons of stuff about it. You try to understand the company, you understand um, their financial statements and their filings. And you, you really want to know, like for people who are super into research and detail that are nerding out on this, that are freaking out, you need to get the book invested by Danielle town. Um, she's a lawyer whose dad is a big investor Mm -hmm. and she learned step-by-step from her dad, how to be a value investor. So that's buying companies. Like, let's say you see, um, Royal Bank is a great company. You've been with them for a long time. You understand their business inside and out, and you think they're a solid buy, let's just say, for example. Mm -hmm. So Danielle Town would buy Royal Bank shares directly because that's how she likes to invest her money. Or she talks a lot about how she loves Lululemon as a company, and she has Lululemon shares. Okay. Okay. That is not me, (laughs) but I did learn a lot from that book, and mainly I learned... 
Can you hear that car beside me? It's very loud. <laughs> mainly, mainly I learned that I'm more of a couch potato. I like to set it and forget it. Okay. Um, but I do like to know what my money is in. Okay. Great. Okay. Those are some good resources. And I can always add those in to show notes for people to go back and find resources to those. So thanks for sharing those. Mm-hmm. I also have a question here about, it's pretty broad, but investing especially if you have debt, like what, Mm -hmm. what, what's your takeaway on that one? Well, I would say it's absolutely a personal choice as to where you put your money, um, how you spend it. Absolutely up to you. And when you decide this is it, this is what I'm going to take ownership over and I am going to be rich or I am going to be comfortable and I'm going to have a great life or however you want to frame that, you will know what you need to do to get there. I would say get rid of debt because compound interest will bring you down. Okay. So the faster you can get rid of it, the better. And then the better you can get compound interest working for you on the investing side um, because it will be multiplying for you positively instead of taking away your money as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. But one thing is that everybody needs to see if their company has a pension plan and take advantage of the matching or the free money that's available. So if you work for like a university, let's say, Mm -hmm. um, and they offer, you put in 5% and they'll put in 5% into your pension, you have to take them up on that. That is 5% of your salary for free on top of what you're getting paid that's getting saved and invested for you. Yeah. That's like a, that's just kind of like a no brainer, but maybe it's not, maybe I'm saying that and maybe that is not a no brainer for people. Yeah. I mean, if people are really in debt, do they want to take 5% off their paycheck Mm -hmm. and put it towards this pension fund when they're going to retire in 40 years? And I could see how people would say, that's not my priority right now, but I promise you, you won't miss it. It will be like, it wasn't even there. Just let them match it take all the free money you can. And then when you leave that job, you can take that pension out and put in your RSP. Mm. Okay. That's, that's good advice. Yeah. Last two questions. The next one is, is there a little money story that you once had that you no longer have anymore? So a story that maybe you grew up with or you heard as an early adult that no longer exists in your life. Yeah, there are so many. (laughs) As you start learning and you're like, oh, that's not real. Interesting. I thought that for so long. Um, One thing that I've recently been trying to change is, and I think I'm most of the time I'm there, but when I was paying back my debt and trying to save and learning so much about money, like a sponge every day, Mr. Money Mustache sees money as a finite resource. So He would say, if you buy a coffee for $3, Mm -hmm. you're never going to get that $3 back. So consider not buying the coffee for $3 and saving that $3 for yourself. So that's what I was really bought into for a long time. Like, yes, I can build this resource, but it's scarce and I need to hold on tight to it. And I'm freaked out because I'm, once I give it away, I'm never going to get it back. Mm -hmm. So my new mindset is that... Money is an infinite resource. 
So if I spend the $3 on coffee, that brings me great joy because I'm a nut about coffee. (laughs) I don't need to feel guilty about spending the $3 on coffee. I know wherever I made that $3, I can always make more money. And I know that I'm being responsible by making choices of spending money um, that make me happy. Great. I love that. I'm being infinite about it. And it's like... Like we deserve the coffee. (laughs) I know if one person, one more financial advisor person comments on lattes, like it's not the latte that is making people broke. Yes. Frittering away your money, five and $10 at a time and not uh, thinking about where you're spending it and not paying attention to what's going on and just blindly buying things. Yes, of course, you're not going to have lots of money left over if that's your attitude. Mm-hmm. But if coffee makes you happy, then do that. Think how much money you're going to spend on coffee and do it. Even in my, in my like most concentrated paying back debt days, I would give myself $20 a week of cash that I could spend on coffee mm-hmm. because I really felt like if I couldn't have coffee, life was going to be over. So I spent that $20 a week on coffee and I felt really good about it. And that was my one treat for like six months. Yeah. And I, that's, I love that because it shows that, you know, you can factor it in and it really comes down to priorities, like where people, you know, want this, want to spend their money. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So last question is for everyone who is listening, what is the very best thing that you've ever spent what is the very best thing that you've ever spent your money on or where have you spent it? Um, well, in the last few years, I've spent money on some pretty spectacular things. I love my house mm. and Scott and I have been to Europe twice. We've been to lots of countries and this is all like, I had no clue about money. I was in so much debt, um, in 2014 and this is all by 2019. Like that's amazing. Yeah. It's, I, I don't even know. It's crazy. Um, it just goes to show that anything is possible. Um, but my number one favorite thing that I bought ever is my dog. (laughs) He is so expensive. (laughs) Bowmore the Wheaton poodle, Bowmore the woodle. Oh my God. He costs me a lot of money. And every time I go to the vet, you know, I don't let them do tests that they don't need to do because they like to do that. But I say no. Yeah. Um, but every time I go to the vet and I have to pay for, you know, his booster shots being $350 or whatever, mm-hmm. I just love his little face. And I'm so happy that I can have um, the life that I've designed where I can be happy to pay for Bomer's booster shots. Great. I love that. The best thing that you've ever spent money on is your dog. And I think that's so cute. And we all know that <laughs> I'm right now really manifesting a dog in my life. So that will be my answer very soon too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it will be a lot of money and it'll be worth it. Absolutely. Okay, <laughs> Kayla. So what are three action steps that people can work with today after listening in on this call? What are three takeaways that people can put into action? Um, okay. I have lots of freebies on the moneyedit.org around ways to change your relationship with money and ways to thrive and those types of things. Um, but if I had to boil it down to three things, I would say one, figure out where your money is coming from. 
Mm-hmm. So figure out all the different sources of income that you have or could have. And then secondly, figure out where it's going. Mm-hmm. So this is not complicated. You don't have to carry a notebook around to every store and write everything down. Just look through your statement from last month and section off. I spent $700 on groceries. I spent $300 on wine. I spent $250 on takeout. Mm-hmm. And actually, I want to, and the rest was rent or whatever. And actually, I want to save $500 a month. So how can I either make more money to do that mm-hmm. or cut back on what I'm spending to do that? And then what difference will that make? Like over a year, saving $500 a month is $6,000. Yeah. So it all, yeah, it all adds up. And then the third thing is you can decide what you want for yourself and your money. You are absolutely in charge of it. It's actually not a big, like hard thing to understand. Everybody has money, gets it from different sources. Everybody spends it on different things and you are absolutely in control of that. Mm, I love that. That like that affirmation of, you know, Mm -hmm. that could be a mantra. I am in, I am the master of my own money. Nobody loves my money the way I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so powerful, but I think it's not something that we've all been taught to understand or believe. So thanks for that reminder. And so where can everyone find you? I know that you've mentioned the moneyedit.org. You've got some blogs on there. What about coaching? Yeah, that how to contact me is on the moneyedit.org uh, as well, or you can email me Kayla, K-A-I-L-A at the moneyedit.org, or you can DM me on Instagram or on Facebook. I'm all over the internet as the money edit. Okay. And did I see that you are offering free 30 minute money coaching calls? Yes, actually. Thank you for bringing that up. So I am offering um, three, oh, sorry, 30 minutes of free money coaching um, to anyone who, I kind of put it out around this bizarre pandemic time because I know it's a hard time for people with money, Um, but I'm offering it to anyone who wants to talk about it. People have talked to me about how they have a lot of money and they don't know what to do. And people have talked to me about having no money and not knowing what to do or having a normal amount of money and not knowing what to do. So it's just a judgment free coaching call talking about your plan and um, get in touch and we'll set it up. Okay, great. And the very last thing that I just always want to know from the people that I have the pleasure of getting to talk to because I'm very much a person who practices gratitude daily. And I think that Mm -hmm. practicing gratitude brings us more abundance and money is definitely something that I think a lot of people want an abundance of money. If you know, we're being honest, people want money. It can enhance our life. And so what is something that you would say today that you are most grateful for? Um, I would say I'm most grateful for my health and my family's health right now. Um, and I'm grateful for having this amazing community of coaches and friends, um, and people who I'm working with who are open to having a conversation about loving money. Mm -hmm. Because I think too, there's a lot of stigma around money. 
And you've always been so great to break that stigma and just really in less than a five minute conversation, like break the stigma, remove the guilt. Let's talk about what you really want. And that's what I love about you and why I want to have you on the show so that everybody could have a chance to hear how really relaxed you are around the conversation about money and you really have this way of empowering people. So thanks for, yeah, thank you. Thanks for being on the call today and I'll make sure that I link the moneyedit.org so everyone can reach out to you. And I strongly suggest that everybody takes Kayla up on that 30 minute free coaching call. She is a wealth of knowledge. Ah, get it? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> get it? Oh, that's a good one. I didn't even mean to that's do a that. Good one. Thanks. Um, so thanks so much for being on the show today, Kayla. And um, for answering all of those questions and sharing your knowledge with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Nicole. Okay. Chat soon. Bye. Bye.